A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with me on the program today. You know, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, security of the uh, free state of Israel and, again, the importance of the right to keep and bear arms. But uh, we're going to do that a little bit later on in the week. We've got something breaking in Massachusetts. You know, we talked with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League about uh, 4420, the omnibus gun control bill, last week, just a couple days after we talked with Jim. Uh, House Democrats unveiled their new proposal, brand new bill number, but as uh, Jim Wallace says, it is just slightly less toxic than the original version of the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. The uh, folks at the Gun Owners Action League have been pouring through this legislation uh, in advance of a public hearing, which is going to be held tomorrow, Tuesday, in Massachusetts. So House Democrats are wasting no time. As we talked with uh, Jim Wallace, uh, he said Speaker Ron Mariano wants to get this done before Thanksgiving. Uh, we still haven't seen, by the way, the Senate's gun control bill. They're working on one of their own, uh, and that's important to remember as we go through some of the provisions in the uh, new version of the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. This is now uh, HD 4607, and we'll uh, get to some of the devils in the details here in just a second. Before we do, you know, Biden's America, it is crushing us. Companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's get to the... um, changes between uh, HD 4420 and the uh, new bill, HD 4607. Again, uh, thanks to the Gun Owners Action League for uh, pouring over this legislation. The way that these bills are written in Massachusetts, it, it is not an easy thing to figure out what changes are being made. They reference existing code. You got to go back and you got to look at the existing law. So it's it's not easy. It's not simple. It is not fast to be able to decipher the uh, legalese here in these bills. So, again, kudos to the Gun Owners Action League for doing this. And they will acknowledge, if you go to gold.org, you can see their summaries. It is being updated. They they even say, listen, we can't guarantee we found every uh, bad provision in here, but here's what we have found to date. So let's get started. Uh, Dealing with, quote, assault-style firearms. The new version goal says, does provide some limited grandfathering for those who own modern sporting rifles. However, he says it's, they say it's very confusing as it separates pre-1994, which is the first time that the state of Massachusetts banned so-called assault weapons, and a new August 1st, 2024 rule. The pre-1994 language, goal rights, places very confusing strict language on where these items can be possessed. It also still includes a massive list of newly banned guns, which does seem to exclude rimfire firearms. The one feature test for semi-autos is still present in this version. In addition to the, all of the uh, uh, old features, 
Uh, this now includes thumbhole stocks, a shroud that encircles either all or part of the barrel designed to shield the bearer's hand from heat, excluding a slide that encloses the barrel, a forward grip or a second hand grip or protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand. Uh, and again, there's grandfathering for possession, but not transferring those firearms within the Commonwealth starting on August 1st, 2024. So you can, for now, under the terms of uh, the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act, keep your lawfully possessed and lawfully purchased firearm. But I say for now, because I, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, the gun control advocates are going to be happy uh, with this language. I think this was a pullback, given the vociferous objections to uh, HC4420. And I think that they're going to try to uh, make this bill, again, as uh, Jim Wallace says, appear a little less toxic to gun owners. But they're setting up a system where, again, they can go back and say, ah, you know what, this grandfather stuff, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. We're going to go ahead and get rid of it. Uh, large capacity feeding devices. There is a new definition of a large capacity feeding device. Any part or combination of parts from which a device can be assembled if those parts are in the possession or control of the same person. As Gold writes, apparently if you have a box and a spring, uh, there is a crime being committed. A large capacity firearm. Also some concerning language here, according to Goal, semi-automatic that is capable of accepting a detachable, quote, large capacity feeding device when both are in the same person's possession or under their control in a vehicle. Now, how weird is this? So a large capacity feeding, or excuse me, a large capacity firearm only becomes a large capacity firearm uh, when a detachable magazine that is capable of holding more than 10 rounds are in a person's possession. If you have just the firearm but no magazine, then it is not considered a large capacity firearm, even though it, it, it can accept a detachable magazine. But if you have that magazine and a firearm in your possession, then again, the state would now consider that to be a large capacity firearm. There are also changes to the licensing laws in Massachusetts. It removes the 90-day uh, grace period for expired licenses. So, you know, we've seen this over the past couple of years where people will um, apply to renew their licenses. Particularly during uh, COVID, they were stuck in limbo and their licenses expired, not because of an action on their part, but because of the failure of the licensing authority to process their application on time. I am concerned that we would see this same thing happen in Massachusetts. You might apply to have your license renewed 120 days out, but if they don't act on it and your license is not renewed uh, and it instead expires, what happens? Is there a grace period for those who are in the process of having their license renewed? And again, e even more simple than that, I mean, I live in a state that doesn't require firearms licensing or registration. And so I have a really hard time figuring out why somebody can go from being a lawful gunner, right? A, a legal responsible gunner of the states, are okay, you're okay. And then the next day, their license expires. Let's say they were on vacation. Let's say they just forgot. Let's say they simply forgot. Oh, Gee, many Christmas, I got to renew my license. How does that fact turn them from a lawful responsible gun owner into a criminal overnight, illegally possessing a gun in a state where that could put you in prison because you don't have the proper paperwork? You're not a prohibited person. You just haven't complied with all of the paperwork requirements from the state of Massachusetts. Now, again, this is. 
not just a Massachusetts only problem, but it is an issue. Uh, the uh, language also adds to the prohibited list a Biden initiative for anyone who's been appointed a guardian or a conservator. So again, if you have been appointed a guardian to help handle your finances, the state of Massachusetts under uh, uh, this bill, the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act, uh, HD 4607, uh, they say, well, you're basically mentally incompetent and you lose your right to possess a firearm. Uh, more troubling language when it comes to licensing. It also uh, reaffirms the suitability uh, of a particular gun owner in an apparent violation of Bruin. Suitability will not apply to a, quote, long permit unless the licensing authority petitions a court. Now, again, suitability is not quite the same thing as having to uh, provide or, or demonstrate a justifiable need to carry a farm, which I think which is why Massachusetts is doing this. Well, this wasn't specifically addressed in Bruin. So we're going to replace one arbitrary and capricious standard with another. And because the Supreme Court didn't specifically say, hey, suitability standards that are also arbitrary and capricious are unconstitutional, well, we can get away with it at least until a court says, no, you can't. Uh, Gunner's actually also talks about mandatory registration included in the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. Language essentially mandates the serialization and registration of all firearms possessed in Massachusetts. It specifically excludes non-residents passing through the state, but even those folks must meet the Massachusetts storage requirements. A new requirement is to report the loaning of a firearm, and it appears that retailers would have to register any new inventory within seven days. So yes, e even if you loan a firearm to a friend or neighbor, again, you're supposed to report that to the authorities. Your property is not your own. Oh, no. It is uh, basically the state's property, and they want to know exactly where it is uh, at any given point in time. Um, under 4420, there were all kinds of new onerous training mandates for license holders. And remember, in Massachusetts, if you are a handgun owner, you must possess a license to carry. So it's basically a permit to own and carry at the same time. Well, under the new language in uh, HD uh, uh, 4607, uh, the gun owners actually says that these requirements are still there, but they've basically been hidden under the qualifications of a firearms instructor who must now uh, be certified on the safe use, handling, and storage of firearms, methods for securing and childproofing firearms, the applicable laws relating to the possession transportation and storage of firearms, knowledge of operation, potential dangers and basic competency in the ownership and use of firearms, injury prevention and harm reduction education, active shooter and emergency response training, uh, applicable laws relating to the use of force, de-escalation and disengagement tactics, as well as live firearms training. So, again, it sounds like all of those training mandates are still included under 4607. Uh, they're just, again, sort of tucked away in a different section of the bill. New rules for retailers under this legislation as well. Common carriers only exempt for handling, quote, non-large capacity firearms and ammunition. Uh, any FFLs who can sell non-Massachusetts compliant items cannot ship them within the state of Massachusetts. Uh, it also applies suitability to retailer licenses. So now you got these arbitrary and capricious standards for gun sellers as well as gun buyers. Uh, you must complete online retailer training. You must post information on safe storage and transportation. 
If a retailer is given an expired, suspended, or revoked license or permit, they must immediately report all firearms transfers and transactions, confiscate the license of the gun owner, and uh, issue the license or permit holder a receipt. Yeah. Uh, Again, hugely problematic for uh, firearms retailers, and we can imagine how that suitability standard is going to be used and abused uh, in many parts of the state that have already subjected FFLs to restrictive or impossible zoning requirements, right? This is another way for towns run by the anti-gunners to simply shut down the lawful commerce of firearms where they live. Um, AC 4607 also greatly expands red flag laws. Gunners actually actually put out uh, its own sort of explainer specifically about the red flag portion of 4607. They say it greatly expands who can file an extreme risk protection order against you. So it's not just a family or household member or a law enforcement agency or officer, which are sort of the most restrictive categories in in states that have red flag laws. No, this actually goes on to say licensed physicians, registered nurses, licensed practical nurses, certified nurse practitioners, Certified clinical nurse specialists, certified psychiatric clinical nurse specialists, licensed psychiatrists, licensed psychologists, licensed mental health counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, licensed independent clinical social worker, licensed certified social worker, a principal or assistant principal of an elementary school or secondary school, an administrator of a college or university where the respondent is enrolled, and an employer, all of whom can now file these extreme risk protection orders. Now, there is language in the uh, bill that says if you file a, a knowingly false report, if you're malicious in your intent, uh, then you could be subject to fines and the possibility of prison time. It's good. Uh, however, again, you've got to, prosecutors have to prove that this was, again, a, a willful attempt, uh, not somebody who maybe, you know, misheard something or overreacted, right? An overreaction is fine. As long as you were not trying to target somebody, knowing that they were not a danger to themselves or others, uh, you're, you're, you're in the clear. And again, you can imagine how this provision is going to be used and abused going forward. So if you are uh, listening to this, uh, you should know that there is that public hearing coming up on Tuesday morning. They are not wasting any time in uh, trying to ram HD 4607 in the law, just like they did HD 4420. Tuesday, October 10th, 11 a.m., in the uh, Gardner Auditorium in Boston, as well as virtually the House Committee on Ways and Means, uh, in conjunction with the House members of the Judiciary Committee, holding this public hearing. Uh, By the time you see this, it's going to be too late to uh, uh, register to to speak at this meeting. Um, But you can... Uh, submit written testimony. And the deadline to submit written testimony is this Friday, October 13th by 5 p.m. You can find out more information on how to submit written testimony at the Gun Owners Action League website, goal.org. The uh, hearing is expected to be uh, streamed live under the uh, hearings and events section of the masslegislature.gov, or I'm sorry, malegislature.gov slash events website. Now, I mentioned earlier that the state Senate is working on their own gun control proposal. Uh, They are not doing this in conjunction with the House. We don't know what the Senate bill is going to look like. We don't know when it's going to come. And I should say, supposedly, they're not working on this in conjunction with the House. I am a little concerned about what we're going to see from the Senate bill. 
because there are some areas of 4607 that, uh, uh, frankly, I, I, I thought there would be more action uh, in terms of the number of sensitive places, the gun-free zones. Uh, HD4420 had a laundry list of no-go zones for gun owners. 4607 kind of rolls that back. So the default ban on carrying and basically all publicly accessible private property, that's gone. It has been replaced with a default ban on carrying on personal property, uh, unless the property owner says, yes, you're okay to carry. But business property uh, is not included in that. And something tells me, I've just got this feeling in the back of my head here, that when the Senate drops its own gun control legislation, we're going to see some of the things that the House bill didn't touch on all that much uh, take center stage in the Senate legislation. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet in terms of sensitive places, these gun-free zones, uh, maybe even more uh, licensing and training mandates for would-be gun owners. The devil in the details of 4607 is bad enough. I just have a feeling that uh, there is more to come here from Massachusetts Democrats. So if you are a Massachusetts gun owner, I know we've talked about this a lot. I'm going to say it again. Please get involved. Please get engaged. I know you live in a state that's hostile to your right to keep and bear arms. I know you might worry what the neighbors are going to say. If you put up a yard sign that says uh, oppose HD 4420, scratched out to 4607, I, I know. And you know what? It's worth the eye rolling. It's worth the snarky comments to stand up and defend your rights. Because if you don't, they're going to disappear. So we'll be talking much more about HD 4607 this week, both here on uh, Cam and Company and at BarryAndArms.com. But again, if you're a Massachusetts gun owner, now is the time to get involved. You cannot wait. You cannot stay on the couch because these bills, they're coming. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there from Berkeley, California where uh, three people have been arrested, charged with five robberies in the span of about a half hour near the campus of UC Berkeley. And as it turns out, each and every one of these individuals, already known to law enforcement, the uh, Berkeley scanner reporting that, uh, according to court papers, police found five stolen cell phones and one suspect's pink fanny pack. They seized two guns and a replica firearm after the uh, robbery crew crashed their stolen Kia Sorento and then uh, tried to evade capture. Uh, when they were arrested, Berkeley police said it was a link to uh, seven robberies in Berkeley and Oakland that all took place on September 26. Five of the robberies took place in Berkeley in about a half-hour span. Berkeley Scanner notes that robberies in the city up 20% compared to last year. Uh, in this particular case, it was just before 1130 on September 26. Two people with a gun robbed somebody waiting for a bus, taking a gold chain, cell phone, wallet, hat, backpack. Minutes later, three men wearing ski masks, each of them with a gun, robbed two men. Uh, taking two iPhones, two backpacks, clothes, two pairs of shoes, other items, including a student ID. About 50 minutes later, another robbery took place. And again, it continued and continued to, for this uh, half-hour period. Um, as it turns out, about that same time, uh, UCPD, uh, University of California Police Department, got a call about uh, two people who had just been robbed near the Greek Theater by uh, three armed men in ski masks who took their backpacks, cell phones, and wallet. Um, one of the guns used in that robbery, apparently a large-capacity equipped firearm, uh, as uh, one of the guns recovered by police also had a, a quote-unquote large capacity magnet, which makes it, you know, extra bad in California. Um, the victims from the robbery near the Greek Theater flagged down Berkeley police. They pointed officers in the direction that the suspects had fled. They spotted the vehicle, chased it for 16 minutes. 
Uh, the vehicle ultimately crashed. Four people fled on foot, but police were able to arrest them all. Uh, 20-year-old Heaven Gully, 18-year-old Alan Foster, 18-year-old Reginald Florence, and a 16-year-old boy. Um, according to the Berkeley Scanner, uh, all of them have been charged with crimes in Alameda County before. Gully also goes by the name of Paris Brinkley, charged in a gun possession case in 2022 that included ID theft charges. The gun charges were dropped in a plea deal last year. She was placed on probation for ID theft into 2024. So, yeah, this is how tough California gets on, uh, you know, armed criminals, right? We'll drop the gun charge. We'll just, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Heaven or Paris or whatever your name is, we'll just go after you on ID theft. But, nah, the gun charge, I mean, I know we talk a lot about how serious, you know, gun-related crimes are. Nah, don't worry about it. We're just going to drop that charge altogether. Uh, a month, by the way, after the gun case was filed, while she was on probation, she was charged with vehicle theft and receiving stolen property. She took another plea deal in that case, convicted of vehicle theft. The other charge was dropped, and she was once again placed on probation through 2024. So basically, she was already on probation through 2024. She gets arrested, uh, takes a plea to a different crime, and there's no punishment whatsoever because she's already on probation. Uh, in January of this year, Gully charged with felony evasion and two separate vehicle thefts in Oakland, along with other crimes. That entire case was dismissed in February as a result of a plea deal in another case. I, 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 I don't get it. Uh, in court papers, officers from numerous cases described spotting Gully driving stolen cars and arresting her when she tried to run from them. And again, every time she's been in court, the criminal justice system and prosecutors have said, ah, not that big a deal. The uh, 18-year-olds arrested in more recent criminal cases out of Alameda County, Florence and Foster, both charged in July with burglary and vehicle theft in connection with a uh, incident in San Leandro. Both entered not guilty pleas, released on their own recognizance. In August, Foster, uh, just a month later, charged with organized retail theft, commercial burglary, and grand theft. After an incident in uh, Pleasanton, he entered a not guilty plea and, again, released on his own recognizance. No, no bail whatsoever, so he's out, facing, again, two priors. Uh, and now he's facing, I guess, a third charge. Uh, no information available about the 16-year-old uh, in this case. The uh, three adults each being held on $400,000 bail now and are expected to return to court October 16th for a bail hearing. We will uh, try to keep you updated here. But again, this is so indicative of how California uh, treats public safety, right? We've got all these laws in place, many of them, by the way, aimed at lawful gun owners. And when someone's actually accused of a violent crime, what happens? Well, time and time again, they're given a slap on the wrist or a kiss on the cheek. They're sent on their way. And then the Democrats in Sacramento say, oh, this is horrible. Crime is out of control. we got to crack down on these law-abiding gun owners. Speaking of law-abiding gun owners, today's Armed Citizen story from San Antonio, Texas, where a suspected carjacker uh, ended up getting shot by his victim because he didn't know how to get away. You know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, whether or not the uh, uh, being able to handle a, a stick shift is a, a, becoming a lost art. Um, and I guess it was in this particular case. This was about uh, 2.45 last Thursday morning. According to police, a carjacker had stolen a vehicle but had to ditch it just a couple of feet away because he couldn't drive the manual transmission. They said the uh, man ran to another suspect's vehicle. The victim pulled out a gun, started shooting at them. That's when police say the suspect in the passenger seat grazed in the head by a bullet that went through the headrest of the car. The uh, San Antonio police say the suspect eventually made it home where their family called emergency crews. The uh, man taken by EMS to University Hospital, non-life-threatening injuries. Authorities say the suspected carjacker left behind his own personal vehicle at the scene, which 
I make it really easy to identify him. Police didn't say what charges the man potentially faces, but the uh, homeowner uh, not expected to be facing any charges in that incident. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, an officer in Kingsport, Tennessee, who saved a uh, choking customer at a local restaurant before she had actually become an official police officer. I mean, this is a, a pretty compelling story here. Uh, Emmeline Hulse. She was recently given the Kingsport Police Department's life-saving award uh, right before, in fact, the night before she graduated from the Regional Law Enforcement Academy. Hulse and other police cadets were dining out. person at the restaurant started choking, and Emmeline Hulse immediately jumped up, started performing abdominal thrusts to uh, dislodge that obstruction. Customer's airway was cleared. No further medical help was needed. And then the very next day, September 14th, Hulse graduated. The uh, release from the Kingsport Police Department says Officer Hulse's quick action saved the life of this citizen. She is uh, one of four other Kingsport police officers to graduate from this particular class and is uh, now in field training in the department's patrol division. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, hopefully uh, getting her law enforcement career off to a uh, start in the right way. Emmeline Hulse there in Kingsport, Tennessee, we thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. I have no idea what the news will bring, but uh, we'll bring it to you and uh, be talking about it. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for the latest Second Amendment news and information from across the nation. And honestly, these days around the world, again, with Israel giving us a very painful and a terrifying reminder of the importance of our individual right to self-defense, not only the uh, security of our own person, but again, the security of a free state at stake. If you like what you see at Bearing Arms, I would also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Our way of saying thanks for showing your support, because it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you soon. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.